what dreams have you forgotten? We'll look at that in our coaching tip for the week. And today we have with us Tynan Davis, who is an incredible vocalist that I know. She won a Grammy for Best Opera Recording with the Boston Modern Orchestra's project, Fantastic Mr. Fox. She's toured with Wynton Marsalis at the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra and the 25th anniversary North American tour of Phantom of the Opera. Her solo jazz album, Tynan, is available on most streaming platforms, and it's full of amazing tunes that you'll know and love. I love this woman dearly. I've known her for over 20 years, and she's an incredible light and soul as an artist, but also a leader in the world. We hope you enjoy the episode today, and remember, something powerful resides within you. I'm here to support you in seeing it and creating it. What dreams have you forgotten about? This is one of the first places I look with clients when they come to me and they're looking at creating what's next in their future. Oftentimes, as we grow older and as circumstances build up and life happens to us, we slowly let go of dreams. So one of the questions I like to ask is, what dreams have you forgotten about? And where can we start to bring them back into your life? One exercise I invite you to try around this is future visioning. So if you're a writer, imagine that you have a magic notebook and anything that you write down in this notebook can come true. So get in a quiet space and again, let go of all the circumstances of your life or anything going on in your life that might prevent that dream for the minute and simply write out, what would my life look like if I could have everything that I desire and make the list. If you're not a writer, sometimes I will have my clients draw something out. So I'll imagine a blank canvas where you can sketch or paint out the perfect life that you've been envisioning. So same thing, take some time and get into a space where you can really look at the future and what you see without circumstances. One year from today, two years from today, or even six months from today, whatever time frame feels a little bit uncomfortable for you, but also reasonable. After taking some time to look at this dream that you've created and that you've remembered that you have, I invite you to sit in it and be with the dream, just as it is on this blank canvas or this notebook. And then imagine if all of your circumstances were able to be overcome or changed or viewed in a different mindset, is the possibility greater of having this dream than not having this dream? Because that's where we want to be. We want to be in a conversation where possibility is larger than your fears. So take some time, try it out. And I hope it brings you back to your dreams. Tynan, thank you so much for being here. You are one of my most favorite people in the world. I remember singing with you long ago, but more than that, I remember your heart and your grace and your wisdom and your compassion. And um, I'm just so excited to have you here for a second. So thanks for being on the show. 
Thank you for asking me. Yeah. It's so nice to see you. And I remember that. I, I don't remember much about that gig. I've, I've blocked. Maybe it's more that I've blocked most of that gig, except for those moments with you, like in our in our little dressing room with our <laughs> terrible wigs yep. and like weird, weird headpieces, <laughs> just um, really connecting. And, and I just... I'm so appreciative of how grounded you are and and have been as long as I've known you. Mm. So thanks for having me. Thank you. Well, for everybody listening, we have not connected in a long time. And so we're very excited to be here. And so uh, this is going to be very freeform and we're going to flow and just share all the delightful things in the world with you that we learn about each other on the call. So Tynan, you're an incredible singer. Tell us about what you have coming up next first, because we were talking about that a little bit before we jumped on. Sure. Yeah. Next week, I'm traveling to Louisville, Kentucky to for the very first uh, inaugural performance by a new um, pro ensemble down there called Artifact Ensemble, A-R-T-E-F-A-C-T, that some friends of mine formed. And it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful program with Arvo Pert, Benedict Sheehan, who is one of the co-founders of this ensemble, who's a stunning um, composer and conductor and dear, dear friend. So we've programmed some of his compositions. So he was just recently Grammy nominated for his Liturgy of St. John Christendom. So doing some of his pieces. The big piece on the program is Aaron Copeland's In the Beginning, and uh, Benedict has asked me to be the mezzo soloist for that. Um, so it's big. It feels big for me. I am simultaneously um, elated and terrified. <laughs> it's a really, it's a really fucking hard thing, yep, yep. and I want to do right by. It. I want to do right by it um, for myself because I've loved this piece since I was 16 years old, and when I was first introduced to it, and like you know, imagined as a, as a high schooler, you know, standing on a stage and singing that. And, and now I get to do it. And, and so there's that, that game, that head game where you want to visualize and visualize well so that you can put yourself in a place of, of success, like in your, in your bones. Mm -hmm. But I also don't want to put too much pressure on it. So I'm, I'm currently navigating that headspace of just keep your head down and do the work and trust Trust that you know how to prepare and do everything you can to just be present in the moment. And then the other part of me is like, but it must be perfect because they're also going to make a video of it. And so like, <laughs> what's that double chin going to do? And like, are you getting that fresh double process? I am tomorrow. Get that good hair appointment. You know, so it's like that that game of of what am I doing to make it feel so good in my heart for for my sense of of like accomplishment and joy and then like all that other noise that is still part of the gig mm -hmm. that like I know that if that's in place then I can also still focus on like being present and making you know having musical moments with people I love so there's just like you know it just is that that swirl that happens as you approach um a performance I mean I get I think that this is sort of universal regardless of your um your arena. Mm -hmm. But that's where that's where my brain is. Yeah. Thanks for sharing so openly and vulnerably off the bat about what's going on, because uh, not only do I think this really resonates for artists in the world right now that are that are dealing with the things we deal with all the time in terms of it's like a, 
a balance of excellence and all your limiting beliefs and stories. So thank you. Precisely. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that so, so well. And um, they resonate with it too, you know, just as you said, in other arenas. I think that's the balance. I mean, I just feel like in my life right now, that's the balance beam that I am, that I am walking is just being present to the seemingly bottomless self-limiting beliefs that I often cling to like they are a security (laughs) blanket and then and then wanting to like throw them cast them off you know and I and I that's that's where I've been living I think every every day for the last few several years now it's like really trying to understand the things that I tell myself that make me feel small or make my world small that I've made up in my own magical mind um, and really trying to, to just like wish them well and send them away. Um, I am thankful that I have a community of friends who are also navigating that balance beam in, in their lives too. So I feel like this conversation gets a lot of, of space yeah. And, and I think we just up. keep needing to swim into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for setting that up too. You've set it up as a support system. It sounds like, um, you know, I know I have a group of girlfriends too, where we are constantly sharing about that balance beam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how did you get into singing? Let's go a little bit back. Oh, all right. Well, my, my mother was a classical musician and I'm the youngest of four and the only girl, and my my father, we always joke. We always joke. He worked for the nuns. Was sort of the the tagline. He worked for the nuns, and my mother was a musician. So there wasn't uh, there weren't a lot of resources for babysitters, and so I my mom brought me everywhere with her, and she was a a pianist. She accompanied choirs and singers. She sang in choirs and she conducted choirs. And she played at untold number of church services, um, Saturday nights and Sunday mornings. So (laughs) my earliest memories are underneath a piano at a ballet studio in San Antonio, Texas, where I would watch, I would watch the feet of these dancers doing across the floors while my mother accompanied the classes. And then when I was old enough for my arms to reach the music, then I started turning her pages. Mm-hmm. And it was it was my favorite because it gave me an occupation at church. <laughs> um, I'm much better at church when I have an occupation. So uh, so I would just turn her pages at the organ and sort of follow you know follow along to make sure that I was ready when she would nod her head for me to turn the page. And so it sort of was a was a process of just learning by osmosis, and it's sort of what I always knew. And her best friend founded the children's chorus in San Antonio. So when I was old enough to join them, she installed me into the children's chorus, and I, I sang with them until until I was a junior in high school. Um, you know, and did all of the sort of things that you do in your inquire I got with the children's chorus I got to travel the world I went to Europe for the first time went to Copenhagen and I busked on the street corner in New Orleans when I 
mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. 12 years old or something. So mm-hmm. um, lots of beautiful firsts through singing. And I was also a volleyball player at the time. And there was a conversation one day that was like 20 years from now. Do you do you think you're going to still be playing volleyball? And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I'm probably not tall enough to play in college. So... Yeah, I, I I see where this conversation is going. <laughs> I, I had the I same get it. conversation with my coach, my volleyball really? coach. Yeah, they sat me down under oh. the net and said, are you going to sing or are you going to play volleyball? Those are instrumental, yeah, well, right? Those conversations. Yeah, yeah. and... And of course, now I, th- I have to tell you this funny thing. One of my girlfriends here in the city plays for one of those um, big city leagues. Yeah. And they kind of had like an open an open play night. I was like, let mm-hmm. me come. Can I please come? I really want to come. <laughs> Girl, I got recruited. Nice. I got recruited <laughs> to join a team that night. I have to tell you, my, oh, my ego. I was like, thank you so much for just like really giving my ego a giant boost. So exactly. I would love to, my, my, my mother is no, no longer on this plane of existence, but I would really, I really wanted to tell her, be like, mom, remember when you asked me if 20 years from now, I would still be playing volleyball. Well, guess what? <laughs> I got recruited. Here I am. <laughs> Here I am. They wanted me. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that was, it was just also, it was the path of least resistance in a way that I kind of, I'm I'm still processing and curious about that like I I didn't even have to apply for for school. I got a letter from the school that said congratulations, you're accepted and a lot of the kids from my high school program had gone there. It was just like this little I was basically at a feeder school for this university and we knew the voice teacher there already cuz my my high school teacher had studied there and so I just I just went the path of least resistance, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and got a degree in vocal performance. And the hindsight of that is like there's some trauma, but <laughs> yeah, but. no. Well, thank you for sharing it because I think uh, f- first of all, our stories are so parallel. I know I know we've talked about that in the past before, but same same right. When people ask me why did you sing, and it was like, well, because people said to keep going. And, and they kept paying me for it and they kept saying, keep going and do it. And as you said, there's there's some um, costs to that later in life that I had to deal with and figure out. <laughs> so. Yeah, same, same. And I and, and it's it's funny processing that because the overwhelming emotion that comes up is like anger and disappointment. Like, why did I just why did I go to that school where I'm like, ma- I'm mad that I went to that school. I'm mad that I didn't know I could dream bigger. I'm mad that that nobody said, hey, we think we think you can go to a bigger, a bigger, better institution. And then of course the other side of that coin is I'm so thankful that I had the teacher, I had my my applied voice instructor, um, was a great gift. Yeah. So I like, I'm still pissed off that I went to the school and I don't even want to say the name of the school because I just don't even want to deal with like, well, wait, wait, or a good school, all that stuff. I mean, you can look it up. It's not like it's secret where I went to school, but, (laughs) but like, I just want nothing to do with that institution ever again. And I can acknowledge that my teacher there was a great, great gift. So it's, it feels complicated. Yeah, well, and that's like, uh, it's such a metaphor for life, right? Like uh, all Mm -hmm. of the ways that we look at things that have, um, there's costs and benefits to everything. Uh, 
right? So I love that you're so fully expressed in it and you're aware enough to know what, what that feels like on both sides and you have space for both, which is beautiful. I'm trying, I'm, it's been a, it's been a process. There have been so many days of just like hot tears, you know, about like, and yeah, but it's my story, right? That's, that's my story and that's how I'm, I'm telling it. And it, it serves me, but isn't like the defining aspect of, of who I am. So, um, but yeah, so then I finished school and I taught in Texas for a few years. I stopped singing opera because trauma and, (laughs) and, and then the, the critical moment was one of the, one of the women I was teaching for at a high school in San Antonio. I sort of casually, we were listening to musical theater in her office and I casually said like, wouldn't it be so fun to just go to New York and audition for musical theater. I mean, I was just so like, I didn't know anything about anything. And she kind of like, I think she slammed her hand down on the desk in like a very dramatic way. And, and stone faced looked at me and said, I don't know why you haven't left yet. Wow. It was so, it, it knocked the wind out of me, Elena. I had never you know, people encourage you and say like, oh yeah, you're, you know, you're good. Keep singing. My mother, my mother and father were so, are so supportive of me as a singer, but like no one had ever said, get the fuck out of town. Go. Right. Leave. <laughs> you know, no one, leave. No one had said that to me. And, and it was so, so pivotal. I mean, I just still remember that, that feeling of the wind being knocked out of me that like, I, Oh, I I don't I don't know why I haven't left. I didn't know I I didn't know that was an option available to me and a month later I had a one-way plane ticket and to New York. And I left. Yeah. And that, and I never went back. Um Yeah, and created a so beautiful career from it. My goodness. Well, I I'm very proud of the of the work that I've done and there's there have been Dark nights of the soul, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, as there are. As is as is normal. I mean, that's just sort of the way it goes. But I'm I'm happy I made that decision. It's it's still one of the best things I've ever done for myself. Mm. Yeah. What a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. And hey, now, sure. you know, you are a full time singer living in New York, and you're a mama now. And I want to hear about that yes. journey and that experience. And you're married yes. to a lovely human who is also in the arts. Uh, good mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh, we, my, my partner, Austin, and I met on the national tour of Phantom of the Opera. He was head props on the show. And I was hired as a swing. And you know when you start a Nick on the tour, we were in Los Angeles for my very first week. And he was, he had taken a vacation week to go see if he was going to stay together with his then girlfriend. New job and you sort of offer these like surface things about yourself to sort of give people a small idea of who you are. I was like, I like (laughs) cured meats and cheeses and I like avocados Mm -hmm. and snobby coffee and the stage management of that first week, like, oh, you're gonna love Austin. I he, I can't wait for you to meet Austin. You're gonna, you're gonna love him. And I was sort of a little dead inside at the time because um, I had experienced some romantic heart and was also 
heartbreak and and broke and like wing is, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to be great at it. <laughs> and I don't have time. <laughs> so I didn't know, know the job I was getting into and was like, I, you don't, you don't tell me who I'm going to love. Um, <laughs> you don't know my life. I'm here to work. Yeah. I'm here. You don't know my life. I'm here to learn how to be an amazing swing. I don't even know what a swing. Great. Sure. He's lovely. Great. 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 And, and then the second week he got there and and I was like, oh, this is fine. I'm not, I don't need to worry about this guy. I'm going to just go ahead and like keep my head down. And, and I think because I was so, I was so shut down and also incredibly unfiltered that he just <laughs> got all of me from the get go, yeah. all of my sass, all of, you know, my anxiety, um, all of my silliness. He just got all of it. And, and, and he is also sassy and silly and um, incredibly talented and great at what he does. And so so then there was like a talent crush that just sort of happened, but also like I'm here to do my job and make money because I don't want to be a broke singer anymore. And um, so we just, it just, he wore, he wore me down. It took, it took about four months, but he, he wore me down and which like in tour, in tour years, four months is, is, you know, is years. So um, wow. we just, yeah. uh, our baby just turned three yesterday. And so we've built this sweet little family here that, that started on the road and, um, yeah. and has transitioned to the city very nicely. And yeah, it's good. It's good. He's a Broadway props maker. Um, he's working on a couple of shows right now and Ambrose, our son is, funny and stubborn and smart so i'm i'm so thankful for for our little family unit it makes those mm-hmm. new york city beat down days um, i'm sure there's a story behind that <laughs> um do you want to share anything about thank it thank you <laughs> i got i got well it's like how much time do we have i feel like i have a story about everything he um we wanted him to have an uncommon old name, and our favorite restaurant in New York City um, is Momofuku Co. down down on the Bowery. And we had a three-hour lunch there one day, um, right before Austin was about to start a show, and we were not going to like get to have a three-hour lunch for a long time. I mean. What luxury! What luxury! I, um, we don't I'm go on vacations. Like we <laughs> take ourselves to three-hour lunches. It literally we, and we just fell in love with the with the restaurant. It was our first time there, and there was just sort of this immediate mutual um, respect and affection for the the whole operation mm-hmm. there because mm-hmm. I feel like restaurants are like theaters. It's service industry, but it's you know the most excellent. And the sommelier at the time there, uh, his name is Ambrose, sort of embodied all of these characteristics that we sort of dream for our own kid, you know, just kind and hospitable and incredibly smart and curious and funny. And so it was just sort of like, oh, that's a nice old uncommon name. And and this is a really excellent person that we know who has that name like okay let's ask him if he minds if we if we use his name for our kid and and he did not mind and so we went we went with Ambrose and and so it's 
I don't know what Ari Ambrose, who he's going to be, but so far he's funny and kind and 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 mischievous. So I think he's mm-hmm. off to a good start carrying carrying he's a good so name. He's so cute. Thank you. He's such a cutie. Thank yeah. you. Well, I'm curious. So you have a young one and we have just been through two years of a pandemic uh, with no end in sight. And now the world um, also has a war going on in Ukraine. So what's that been like as the experience of a singer for yourself and a leader in the, in the music world? Their motherhood is humbling in, in a way. Like, I mean, I thought being a, an artist in the world was, was humbling and, and motherhood has, has deepened that, that feeling. Um, and for me, for me personally, I go, I go back and forth between feeling like our, our child is like the greatest thing I've, it will be the greatest thing I can do to like help him be a human in the world. And, and Oh my God! Why did I bring a human into the world? But I will say the 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 humility aspect of motherhood has given me a lot of freedom um, from my perfectionist tendencies because it just isn't possible. There just isn't psychic space um, to to maintain that without mm-hmm. completely unraveling. And I have tried. I have tried throughout the course of the three years to like keep everything together. I mean, the joke is that like I vacuum, I vacuum like three times a day just because like it's sort of an unburdening or like just um, like trying to maintain <laughs> some, some sense of, yeah. of control and tidiness. Yeah. Um, and you just can't. And then with the pandemic, I mean, Ambrose, he doesn't, he's so young that he doesn't necessarily know what being in a pandemic means. I mean, his first birthday party was, was the bulk of our friends' last social outing before before everything shut down. So he doesn't really know what it was like before we before you know he was wearing a mask every day all the time. Like he's he's so he's so easy um, and amenable to the situation because it's it's what it's all he knows. For me as an artist, the pandemic was was an opportunity to really fully metabolize that my value is not in my content mm-hmm. and my value is not Beautiful. in in what's next on the calendar that was a weird feeling to process because of course like we didn't go you know, yeah, that's just we don't go into to the art it's like well i'm gonna be a big superstar and not what it's ever been about but then you sort of feel the pressure around that um because that's mm-hmm. the question everybody asks what's next what's, what's next? coming what up what's next for on? you yeah um <laughs> what's yeah what are you doing now what do you have going on um i'm literally like trying yeah. to get out of bed yeah like, i know <laughs> i don't know um i'm like i'm changing a poopy diaper mm-hmm. like that's what i've got next like the kid yeah the kid's gonna go. um so uh, there's been for me that's the silver lining of like being forced to sit with, I don't have any, I have no job. Um, so who am I going to be? Who, who am I? Oh, guess what? I'm just still me. (laughs) I'm still me. 
Um, and everything else is, is like icing. Okay, I get it now. All right. So there's, I would say that uh, I'm really good at finding the silver lining in situations and, and making lemonade. And for me, the last two years have, have been that freedom, um, the freedom from the, the like, what's, what's yeah. next on your calendar? Like, you know, you're only as good as your, you're only mm-hmm. as good as your next job. That, that mindset, it's like, oh, I don't have time for that bullshit anymore. There's just too, like, there's too much terrible stuff happening. Why not, why don't we just take a moment and breathe and, and remember who we are? It's so beautiful, Tynan. Thank you for sharing it that way. I mean, this is literally every conversation I have with every client in the world or every corporation in the world. Um, and, you know, Aaron's a full-time artist as well. I, I retired myself about six years ago, but uh, definitely understand that life. I really do think the pandemic taught everybody um, whatever they were fighting from, you know, the battle that they were waging inside their soul, they were forced to reckon with and forced to take a look at. And so it sounds like yours has come out beautifully because what a freeing gift. Like, what do you what do you notice now as an artist having you know, that space to have processed all that. Yeah. I mean, perfection is boring, right? That's not what anybody's interested in. Um, and, and as, as an artist, what I keep coming back to is, so I should tell you this too. One of my, um, right before, I guess it was in 2018, I started working with a woman who, um, is, leads in executive reinvention and there's a song component to her to her program that's so amazing Um, you would love it you would love it (laughs) so much it's such a beautiful it's such a beautiful tool um because because what are the nuts and bolts of of singing a song but breathing being present in a space and like saying what you mean and meaning what you say which I think anybody who leads an organization or, uh, you know, is, is trying to make the impossible happen needs to remember those things. Um, but what in the work that I've done with her, her name is Tracy Goss. The work that I've done with her, what I, what I keep seeing over and over again with these very successful people is that there was, there was, you know, this aspect of who they were when they were kids, right? That was like pure and fully expressed and, and like coming from a place of curiosity and joy that then like the world started to get in the way and the world, you know, creeps in over time. And then you put into place these structures about how things should or should not be. And then, and then you're just playing this game of continual, you know, improvement, and, and what I've noticed is that when you can find that thing that reminds, reminds them, reminds me of who I was before the world got in the way, mm-hmm. there's, where the ma- there's where the magic happens. There's where, you know, you're fully self-expressed and like unconcerned with like what the person next to you might, might be thinking. Because you just don't know any better, right? You're like, oh, I have a right. kid and <laughs> oh, um, this is great uh, than ever. And so that's, that's what I keep coming back to now more is like my 13 year old self 
you know, tucked away in my room where no one could see me. And I was like playing with clothes and singing loudly <laughs> along to, you know, the Barbra Streisand back to Broadway album. Yeah. Like I just knew I, I knew who I was then and didn't, didn't necessarily show her to anybody. And so then I did, it didn't like my almost 43 year old self is just now fully embodying my 13 year old self who knew some shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that has been, that is so exciting for me because I just love that little girl. Like she was wearing neckties <laughs> to her like volleyball team <laughs> photo. Do you know, like yep. I knew some things. I knew some things. Move over, Diane Keaton. Like 13 year old Tynan was in a necktie too, right. okay? Like I, I hadn't even... I hadn't even seen Annie Hall at that point, but you know, so I just, I feel like there, this is, this is it. Like, how can we get back to, to that version of ourselves that just was wide eyed and, and like not yet beaten down a little bit by, by whatever circumstances creep in over time, you know, or maybe they don't creep in. Maybe these circumstances are like, you know, fire hosed upon you, but so that's that's where the bulk of my like artistic self is trying to live. Like it's so refreshing. Thanks for sharing it because um I think that's I think that's all humans. They're all trying to get back to that space of trust and authenticity and um remembering who they were without all the rules. Mm -hmm. Well, like did we I didn't even know that I had forgotten though truthfully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't. How would you? I didn't even know that I had no. Mm -hmm. No. Um, so I, I don't, I'm still swimming in it. It's not like I don't have, I don't have anything figured out. Well, but, but that's the I magic, like right? I say that. That's the magic. That's because, <laughs> because we mm -hmm. don't need to have anything figured out. And I think that what I'm getting from what you're sharing with everybody is that, uh, you said something really brilliant that perfectionism is boring and it is because it cuts out so much so experience boring. of your life. That's of right. you being in the world and the mirrors that you see around you. So yeah. it's just a, a really beautiful mess to be in all the time on purpose. That's right. To just sit in it. It's nice. Yeah. Playing in a sandbox. Oh my gosh. Well, you're such a gift. You, you sound like a coach by the way. So, <laughs> uh, well, so. that is, I mean, that is part of half of my, half of my professional life when I'm not, when I'm not singing, I'm helping other people do it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't Teacher, help coach, but, mentor. but find these. Yep. That's mm -hmm. it. That's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. We all need to hear it though. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody needs, everybody needs a coach. Everybody needs an editor. <laughs> Um, yeah. you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, we all, we all need, we all need each other. <laughs> we do. We need humans. We need connection. It's so true. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. oh this has gosh. been incredible. I think the last question I have for you is if you had a megaphone for the world in the next year, what's the thing you would be saying to him? Well, exactly what we just said. We all, we all need each other. We need to see and be seen by by one another um and that we need the earth too we need we need the earth <laughs> we need her to be cared for and and we need to care for each other and like 
think that's the, that's my wish for my for my child. That's my wish for for myself as a you know mostly grown person. That no matter how old you are, we just want to see and be seen. Um, and so I think, but that takes some time. It takes time and a little space and uh, and some breathing. Right. Take a deep breath and let someone really see you. Ah, that's beautiful. Take a deep breath and really see somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. Some days, some days I fail at that, and I, you know, just get really mad at the world. Yeah. Well, and that's human too, but, right? So take a yeah. deep breath and let it flow. Oh my gosh. Well, Tynan, thank you so much. Can we just keep? Can we just keep talking? Can we just keep talking? <laughs> yes, yes, we will. Like this cup of coffee. This cup of coffee will then we'll turn into something else. Okay, I promise okay. we will. But I miss you. I miss you too. In the meantime, thank you so much for being with us all today and for sharing your gifts and your brilliance and your heart. More than anything, you're such a light for the world. We will link all your stuff in the notes so that if anybody wants to see her performances or listen to her glorious voice, I highly recommend you do that. And you're a gift. Thank you. Something about her. There's always going to be something about her.